Be inspired to learn, grow, evolve and rock life with Ty Nell and Dale Robin. This is Alternatescapes, brought to you by Uncut Media. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Alternatescapes, the place where we encourage vulnerability and aim to inspire you to learn, grow, and evolve. If you are a regular guest, welcome back, and we are very pleased to have you back in studio with us. And if you're new, thank you for tuning in. And as always, I've got Dale, double D, in studio with me tonight. How's it go? Hello, hi. How's oh, things? That's good. It's good. Very excited for what's to come tonight. Yes, me too. <laughs> me too. So have you recovered from our previous episode? I have indeed inc- recovered from our previous episode. Um, it was an incredibly emotional episode for me. Uh, for those of you that missed it, we we did have uh, the incredible Dumela Universe yeah. on the show last week. Did some live readings on air and I was coerced into uh, into doing this. <laughs> but it, 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 I did find it very cathartic. Yeah. Um, I have gone back and listened on more than one occasion to what was said and have tried to apply a lot of what Elder yeah. Street did tell me to do. Mm. And um, it's made a massive difference yeah. uh, in my life. And um, I, I would encourage people to to go and listen to that episode. Yeah. It, uh, it was eye-opening, if nothing else. Absolutely. And he also did a couple of readings for our listeners and the feedback was fantastic. And... I mean, we, we have our practice progress every week and last week's exercise that we did was looking at, you know, like uncovering those ego selves of our parts, uh, <laughs> ego parts of ourselves. And um, what I've realized, especially, and I also had a session with uh, Lasala after the show the next day. And what I've started to realize is like these revelations and these perspective shifts of life that are happening. So I've become more aware of my energy, uh, more aware of what other people make me feel or how Absolutely. I feel around other people rather. Uh, so it really is uh, it's quite astonishing as to the insight that one can gain to yourself when you actually apply you know, those lessons or the guidance or the practice progress exercises that we're doing. So uh, for all of our guests out there and uh, to all the new les- listeners, we do a little practice progress at the beginning of each show. And it's basically a 10 minute meditation. And it really is just to get you into a comfortable space and you kind of let all of your worries out the door. And uh, then with each week, we give our listeners homework. So as we said, last week was looking at those ego selves, of uh, ego parts of ourselves. And uh, this week's going to be quite interesting, but we'll give that to you guys at the end of the show tonight. So you have to stay tuned and listen to uh, to what's going to be said. If you'd like to interact with us, you can do so. The WhatsApp line is 0728707571. Ty and I are here to answer any questions you might have, as well as uh, just, just come say hi. Just yeah, come say hi. Absolutely. We love that. And I'm sure there will be many questions tonight so we've got quite an exciting lineup because we've got an interview with south africa's latest lgbtqinc plus (laughs) rom-com so we interviewed the cast and crew which we're going to be playing on a little bit later in the show and then we've also got an interview with trevor clainhunts the author of secrets make you sick and it all ties beautifully in with the topic of the day which is redefining trauma yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued, I must be honest. Uh, for those of you that are new to the show, Ty doesn't tend to tell me very much about what's going on. I get surprised every single week. And, uh, you know, trauma is such a negative word. Mm. You know, it's such a negative word. So, And then you put something like redefining, which for me is a very 
a powerful and very positive word. Yeah. So it's it's a bit ironic for me tonight's topic. I'm curious to see where you're going to take it. Absolutely. And that's that's actually the thing is changing perspectives of how we relate to specific things in our lives. So those negative uh, labels or attachments that we attach to trauma, for instance, it's about turning it on its head and looking at it from a different perspective. Because the reality is, is that a lot of us have a lot of trauma that we may not even know about that we mm. that we need to deal with um and we've got some interesting stats coming up later on in the show as well but i think first let's get into a little practice progress let's uh, ease those minds and just let all of that weight off of your shoulders and take a few deep breaths with me okay so what i want you to do is close your eyes and just become aware of this present moment forget about everything else that's going on around and outside of your reality and focus on you. I want you to take a deep breath in and on your in-breath I want you to become aware of your body whether you're seated or laying down. Just become aware of your body from the top of your head to your feet and breathe in and breathe out. Now we're going to release any tension in your body, so from the top of your head through to the bottom of your feet. Each time you breathe in, imagine white bright light breathing into the area that you would like to release tension from. And as you exhale, you exhale whatever it is that no longer serves you in that area. And on the exhale, you relax. So from the top of your head, breathe in. And exhale the tension. Move down to your face, breathe in and relax your face on the exhale. Now to your neck and your shoulders, breathe in. Exhale all the tension. Now to your chest, breathe in. Imagine that white light filling up your chest and as you exhale, you breathe out all the tension. Now moving down to your abdominal area, Breathe in that bright white light into your stomach. Fold your stomach and breathe out all the tension, becoming completely relaxed in your upper body. And now to the bottom of your spine, breathe in. your legs, breathe in and breathe out all that tension and just relax your legs. And now your feet, breathe in and breathe out. 
now one last time we're going to imagine that white light entering the top of your head on your in-breath traveling all the way down to your body and exiting your feet and as it exits it takes with it all the tension all the worry all the anxiety and you'll be feeling relaxed and calm and at peace and breathe in and hold and breathe out one more time breathe in and hold and breathe out I go to when no one knows me it's not lonely it's a necessary thing it's a place I made up found out what I made up the nights I stayed up counting stars and fighting sleep let it wash over me I'm ready to lose my feet take me off to the place where one reviews life's mystery steady on down the line Lose every sense of time Take it all in and wake up That small part of me Day to day I'm blind to see And find how far To go Everybody got their reason Everybody got their way We're just catching and releasing What builds up throughout the day It gets into your body And it flows right through your blood We can tell each other secrets And remember how to love How far to go? Everybody got the reason. Everybody got the way. We're just catching and releasing what builds up throughout the day. It gets into your body, flows right through your blood. We can tell each other secrets and remember our love. Da da dum da dum da dum da dum da Da-da-dum-da-dum-dum-dum Da-dum-dum-dum Da-dum-dum
views and opinions expressed on this show are as a result of personal experience. Take what resonates and always follow your intuition. You are listening to Alternatescapes, brought to you by Uncut Media. So now that you've made me super, super sleepy with practice <laughs> progress, um, I have been practicing my meditation, I will just tell you, and it's really making a massive difference in my life. Yeah. And um, I haven't, again, still, one of these weeks, I'll surprise you by going, oh, I had this breakthrough. I haven't had a breakthrough <laughs> yet, but what it does do is it centers me. Yes. So, you know, I wake up in the morning and I'm, I, I kind of go, oh, I can't do this today. And then I stop. And I take my deep breaths and I listen to the show. Mm. I go in with my phone because we can access it from the yeah, phone. Yeah. I press play and I listen to your voice. And it's very soothing. So <laughs> absolutely super. And then a great song there to uh, start the show off. Matt Simmons. And uh, was it Simon? Simon. Simmons. Matt, Simmons. Matt, Matt Simmons and Catch and Release. There we go. Love it. That really warms my heart. And I'm so happy that it ha- is having an effect on your life. And that I'm at least making a difference in someone's life, you know? So many <laughs> lives. So many lives. So I really hope that today's show helps us normalize discussions and conversations around trauma and especially mental health. And in the hopes of promoting a path to healing. Because I think... And also from my own experience, it has been a taboo topic. You don't necessarily bring up the topic in conversation around friends. I think maybe with the concern that you may hurt someone or reveal something about someone or whatever the case may be. But the World Health Organization estimates that about 5 million deaths per year are caused by trauma and intentional and unintentional injuries. Mm. So almost 9 out of 10 of those incidents are injury injury related to deaths occurring in low and middle income countries. And South Africa is one of the leaders in those stats. I can imagine. And um, so it is definitely something that I think needs to be discussed more Mm. Uh, people need to I feel like by being vulnerable you then inspire other people to also look within themselves and become vulnerable in order to engage in that healing process but we tend to associate trauma with negative experiences which it, it is the case but the way in which we talk about it and the way in which we relate to the topic then also becomes negative so by looking at it from a different perspective so rather than focusing on all the negativity that you know makes up what we conceive as trauma focus on the journey of rediscovering who you truly are you know focus on the positive aspects of creating a new life uh, of you know forming new habits becoming successful and finding those parts of yourself that are so uh, very deeply buried because your trauma doesn't define you exactly the trauma is an instance yeah. and it doesn't define who you are as a human being exactly mm. exactly and you know for me especially over the last two years i've been engaging in a lot of those healing practices and even today i am still uncovering parts of me that i have traumatic experiences uh buried in um you know so but what i have found is that the more i become aware and the more i release and let go and heal the stronger i become and the more confident i become and there's always these little triggers you know you'll be in a conversation with someone and they'll say something rude or uh disrespect you and then straight away you got you there on your hind horse and you're like no you can't talk to me like this Mm -hmm. you know uh and also the whole like meditation vibe and just you know silencing your mind and practicing that on a day-to-day basis also helps then to take the steps slower and Mm. you become more aware in that present moment 
And uh, when you do want to react like that, as you have said before as well, Dale, is uh, you take a moment to think about it. And then you process it. Like, why was I about to react in that way? What was that trigger? Mm. And slowly you start to identify those points. And it's very interesting that you use the word react because uh, I have a very reactive personality. And especially since we've started having what I refer to as our Tuesday therapy sessions, (laughs) um, I have started to try and work out why I am so reactive. So it's exactly what you're saying. And interestingly enough, you know, you, you talk about how talking about mental health is such a taboo topic and it's very true for a lot of people me being one of them um you know I've always been I was raised in a family where you know unless you were dead dying or bleeding you carried on and you never really thought about mental health and I only approximately three years ago woke up one morning and went I actually think I suffer from depression Mm. because I would have these massive highs and these massive lows and then, you know, days when I couldn't get out of bed. And I eventually did go and get checked out and I'm referred to as what they they refer to as a functioning depressive, which means Mm. I don't lie in bed for days on end. I get up and I do what has to be done. But it's, it's still in your head, these things. And only recently, and as recently as 2020, which I think brought out a lot of this, of, you know, we're stuck in our homes, lots Mm. of us have lost our purpose, and suddenly it was okay to say to somebody, I'm not okay. Mm. And, you know, I would be interested to to actually look into the stats and see if there has been a, whilst there might have been an increase in 2020 of potential suicides and things like that, has there also potentially been an increase in people speaking openly about it. Yeah. Because in my family, it's taboo. You, mm. Everybody is fine. We're mm. always fine. You're never not fine. Mm. And uh, I've noticed in my friend circle, I'll say, I'm fine. And people will say, no, you're not. What yeah. is actually going on? Um, so so it really is very important to to identify when someone says they're fine. Are they really, though? Yeah. yeah. It's and important. I think you can pick that up, especially with people who you are close to. Uh, but... You know, part of that taboo, that topic being taboo, it's also because we tend to label each other based on their trauma or based on the issues that they're dealing with. So she's a depressed person. He's a drug addict. uh, He's an alcoholic. You know, he's he's suicidal, whatever it may be. And when we throw those labels out there, the energy or the emotion that goes out with those labels are judgmental. I would say it's judgmental. And makes it worse, actually. You know, going back to someone turns around and says, oh, well, you know, I get it a lot. Oh, you're such a grumpy bitch. And I go, if you knew my circumstance, would you say that to me? Mm. Because if you would, you're a cuck person. Mm. If you wouldn't. And this is where we go back to all the previous shows. We talk about listening to your intuition. Yeah. And and always, you know, there's that great little saying that goes, in a world that you can be anything, be kind. Yeah. Because you don't know what trauma someone's gone mm. through. So by by not labeling somebody as, you know, we, we talk about drug addicts, for example. Yeah. Automatically, there's a negative stigma. No one, you need to take the time to go, but why are they like that? Yeah. And if you take that time, and as you say, slowly but surely start to dig deeper than the label, you mm. get into a different place and a different headspace and that's where you start to redefine the trauma. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And every it's part of our existence in this lifetime. You know, we life is filled with contrasting moments. Life is filled with challenges and choices and you know, you get born into a reality that maybe doesn't afford you the opportunity that other people get. And so you go on a different path to someone else. And that's why I always say everyone's on their own journey and following their own path. For me, it comes down to accepting. So accepting myself first and foremost for all my defects 
and then also accepting others no matter what their history is or what they've done in their lives accepting them just for who they are as a soul as mm. a human being mm. in this world because your circumstances don't define you either exactly mm. i get very uncomfortable in conversations when people start placing judgments on other people or or start talking about other people's decisions and actions and cast judgments over over them in that way because uh, and in the past, immediately I would go inwards because I would notice what they were saying about myself. Mm-hmm. And then I slowly realized, oh, hang on, they are projecting some of their own insecurities in this instance. That's exactly it. So it's projection. Completely. Mm. And that is, I believe, is one of the points that we connect on are our traumatic experiences. You know, when you click with someone and you feel like you can share everything with them, that is a connection point because you are able to share those deep secrets or dark secrets, you know, that you have and uh, and release it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, acceptance and unconditional love. I think those are the two main points that have helped me get through a lot of my challenges. I think unconditional love is a big one because, mm. you know, it's it's a case of loving someone despite their flaws and loving someone despite their circumstances, loving someone despite their yeah. choices. Yeah. And I know it's hard to do. And we, I've had this conversation recently with somebody where society dictates how you should be and the society dictates what it, society dictates what a red flag is and what a, you know, what is right and what is wrong. And at the end of the day, at the core at someone's core, they are not an alcoholic or a drug addict mm. or a whatever it is. Um, they've just suffered a trauma or suffered something that gets them to that point. Yeah. So why don't you just take a moment to dig deeper mm. and work through that? Mm. And then you'll probably find out, you know, that they're actually quite awesome underneath it all. Yeah, exactly. So be that person yeah. as opposed to being the person that places judgment. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. And I feel that we're evolving and coming together to a better understanding and awareness of how our minds work and our purpose in this lifetime as well. And I think more people are starting to stand up and actually, you know, speak up, especially for the voiceless. You know, people are starting to these these like these discussions are important to be had and they're being had all over the place. And I yes. think they need to happen more often because it people are referring to it as not the second pandemic, the first pandemic. 100%. You know, it's it's bigger than any other pandemic that's ever been around. 100%. And has been around for a very long time. Exactly, exactly. But I've got a question to pose you quickly before we move on. So we've also had a question come through on the WhatsApp line, which is very interesting, which we're going to discuss in the next music break, because I think this one takes some thought process. Uh But um, the, you know... I've completely lost it. I've completely <laughs> lost it. I had it on the tip of my tongue. And then I watched uh, the WhatsApp line light up. Uh, we'll, you carry on. We, we'll get there. We'll okay. get there. We'll get there. Well, look, we've got a beautiful interview lined up with Trevor Kleinhans. And him and I go way back. Uh, and he wrote a book called Secrets Make You Sick. And he goes into quite detail about his traumatic experiences in life and the impact that that had on his reality, on his existence, and what he needed to do in order to to heal and go through that process. So we're going to play that after we come back after this track. Passing by, and they'll be wasting time just waiting for new. 
Thank you for joining us on Alternascapes, Treb. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, and, it's um, a yeah, and our friendship goes like way back when we we used to have our party days together and you know, living the best life in Durban. And it was during that time that you were busy working on your book, Secrets Make You Sick. Yeah. And what I admire about the book is the courage that you display in being vulnerable because you've pretty in in a very detailed fashion documented all the experiences that you've gone through and a lot of those experiences are traumatic experiences that many of us tend to hold on to and you refer to mm. it as your emotional tank in the book mm. um dale mm. who's my co-host on the show her and i always talk about this onion and you have to peel away at the onion so when i used to uh, do talks and that i used to always use a a Coke bottle and literally say that that's your that's what you're born with, mm. tank. And as you life, so so it starts getting pulled out. You know? And if you don't top it up through uh, professional help or talking to friends, you know, somebody that you can round, that emotional tank just remains going down to empty. Um, I I don't know if you know why how how the book got published and how the book got written. But I wrote it during my, when I, when I came out of rehab in 2004, I wrote it um, because I started going to, um, to see a psychologist. But I think it was probably after year one of counseling. She, I used to go every single week, sometimes twice a week to her. I was broken. Like, you know, I sometimes get home from sessions and I literally have to just go to bed, cry myself to sleep, wake up the next day feeling absolutely drained. That's how bad it was. And, I, and she said at one stage to me, she said, you know, it's a really, really therapeutic method to heal is to write. Mm, Just yeah. write your... So I, I started doing that, you know, and um, but I got my laptop out and would just document how I was feeling, what I was going through, and all of that. And during that period of therapy, which I think is where people when they get to that section of the book suddenly realize how raw and emotional it is mm. because I I literally am writing what I'm feeling at the time. And and it wasn't no by no means meant to be on a bookshelf. Yeah. So I completed it and and, 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 and a part of me just said, you know what, it, it, it can help people. Well, exactly. I mean, you published the book and it was the, there was a genuine purpose behind it in, and in being vulnerable, allowing that vulnerability to come through and touch people and open people up to the prospects of healing. You know, we all mm -hmm. go through life and have these traumatic experiences. And I mean, when I was in my 20s, I were, I, there were things that I did that I wasn't proud of. And I hold on to that. So I've kind of like swept it under mm -hmm. the rug for many years until I reached a point where I was like, hang on, this is actually having an effect on my current experience that I'm experiencing in life right now. Um, mm. So it is absolutely beautiful. And uh, uh, just for the listeners as well, in the book, you describe things in quite detail. <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of erotic in there. <laughs> but you go into some deep, dark places within yourself and within people around you going through the experience of being a drug addict and specifically uh, a crack cocaine addict which can end your life um, you refer to it as pressing the 
start button on suicide uh, to mm. being sexually abused by a family. Also then living in a time when the LGBTQ community was completely suppressed by the South African government. You know, yeah. That's a lot of weight that you carry on your shoulders. Mm. How does one heal from that? Back in those years, to go and see a, a, a therapist, or they used to call them, refer to them as shrinks, back in those days, you know, was almost taboo, you know. Mm. You, you would be judged, your family would be judged, you know. They've got a loony in their family that has to go and, and see a shrink, you know, type mm. of thing. So so even though there were people who were around to help you then, it was almost like you you didn't use them, you know. Mm. So And I only came out for 29. So, I mean, as this, the social environment um, just didn't allow you to be as expressive as you can be nowadays, yeah. you know. Um, so you conceal all of that, you know, and those are exactly the secrets that the childhood sexual abuse, the, you know, the concealment of my sexuality. I went through that emotionally abusive relationship for nine years and I wanted everybody to believe that I was in this perfect relationship. It was like a fantasy world as such, but behind the scenes, I was absolutely suffering and didn't want to let anyone know that the, the damage that it, those things do in your life if you don't get help or unable to get help just build up and build up and build up and build up mm. until such time as you get to the age like i did of you know at 40 doing my first drug and two years later being in in rehab yeah and ruined my life all because you know i didn't deal with those things that are age or time where I should have got help. A big part of the message I think in my book that I try and get across is that most addicts are not addicts because they want to be addicts. They're addicts because they've got issues in their life that they haven't dealt with. Mm -hmm. And it's their escape to go into alcoholism, whatever it might be, gambling, whatever. Yeah. Where they're not they're not thinking or, or getting help as to what exactly is it that's triggering that. Yeah. Um, and dealing with that problem could be a, di a divorce between parents at a really young age where the child felt guilt. Mm. Maybe they felt they were to blame because their mom and dad got divorced. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. As I said, try and, 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 and hopefully direct people to the fact that to keep secrets is, is, is not healthy at all. Yeah. You know? And I think it's, it's keeping secrets away from your loved ones and also from yourself because those traumatic experiences happen in your life. You sweep them under the carpets and, and when I say under the carpets, it goes into your subconscious mind. And that's, that distractiveness and that anger, that emotion, that negative emotion is there. It's boiling underneath the surface and having an effect on the rest of your life. But when you start looking at things from a, a higher perspective, you start to understand that, hang on, this is not who I am. Where did I lose that love for myself? Where was that mm. taken away from me? And where does that healing need to happen? Well, as I've said to you, up until I, do, I started doing therapy, I mean, I was in such denial about so many things. I mean, if you look at, I only came out of the closet when I was 29 years old. Probably took me another five years before I was quite comfortable. Eventually, I did tell my mom about my brother at the age of 35. Um, that, that he had sexually abused me it was only because she was blaming herself for me being gay and then, then the whole family sort of you know got to find out about it and my brother admitted to it 
he had also sexually abused my sister. What's the so, what's the relationship so, that you have with the family now? With all of my, I have twelve nieces and nephews, wow. of which three are my eldest brothers. Um, I have a good relationship with the two girls, my two nieces with him. I haven't spoken to my brother since the age of 29. Right. So there was a, it took me many years, Tyron, to, to get past the fear. His, I, I was fearful of him. Yeah. I don't hold anything against him. My life's taken the course it did, and he had a part to play in that. In the end, he's also got his own lessons to learn through the experience as Ooh. well. It comes down to accepting I think, and I think the biggest thing, accepting ourselves, uh, despite all the shit that's happened in our lives and mm. despite the shit that people have done to us. And it takes, it takes a strong man. It takes a strong person to be able to do that. I think that's part of our learning experience in life. You know, we're here to learn and grow and evolve. And those challenges are only there to make us stronger. Absolutely. Like you can't believe. Yeah. More music, more variety. Non-stop hits. We simply play the best. On uncutmedia.co.co. Awesome. Thank you so much, Trevor, for sharing that story with us. And guys, if you want to read the book, it's called Secrets Make You Sick. And you can get in touch with us at Uncut. Uh, you can either WhatsApp us or drop us a message on Instagram. And uh, we can put you in touch with Trevor. He, he doesn't sell the book publicly anymore, but oh, wow. he actually ends up giving out quite a few copies to friends and family and connections and all the rest of it. And it definitely, like, it definitely does help in the healing process. And reading someone else's story, like, that mm. just shows you how many variations of trauma one can get you know from the big trauma like ch rape and child abuse and drug addiction and all the rest of it through to something small like losing a job for well instance. this is what when i had my my brief brain fart moment before the interview that was exactly what i was getting to was i think in my personal experience and i actually said it to somebody this week i said you know they, they were like no i can hear you're not okay and i said to them i don't want to talk to people anymore mm. about my problems because my problems in the grand scheme of things are quite insignificant and uh you know and the problem is that you get the kind of person that will go, your problems are insignificant. Mm. So I believe that I'm one of many, many, many people that rather internalize what they're going through because I can't handle someone telling me your problems are not important. Yeah. And I think it's important. And as I say, it, it's so inspirational to listen to Trevor speak because, you know, to, to be brave enough to put that in a book, he's going to help so many people, yeah, um, you know, just not only to inspire them to speak out, but also even if they don't want to speak out to know that they're not alone. Yeah. I think that is a, as, as human beings is our, our core fear. We've discussed this before. So mm. many people are afraid of death, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's more than that. I think yeah. people are so afraid of being alone. Mm. Um, so to know that somebody out there, even an absolute stranger is dealing with what you're dealing with or has dealt with and subsequently been successful thereafter yeah, yeah. massively inspirational and we're always discovering new things about ourselves as well and i found especially in the last i would say a few weeks since i've now been training for you know my live performances like there's a whole lot of anxiety and fear and judgment that comes up inside of me just thinking about getting onto a stage in front of a few i don't know how many people have you been able to pinpoint what that fear is yeah 
I went back and I was like, where where does that come from? Because I've also always had a fear of public speaking. Yes. Funny enough. Like yes. I would get up in front of a boardroom and I would get the sweats and the shakes and all the rest of it. And I went back to a moment at school where I'd entered the school's talent competition and I barely started singing and the choir teacher basically kicked me off of the stage. Mm. And mm. As a child, that's quite traumatic to experience that at school, in front of your friends, mm. in front of people that you don't necessarily... Shaming. That that's is what exactly it is. exactly it, yeah. And for that traumatic experience to still be seated within me now and having an effect on how I feel about myself and my confidence and all the rest of it, like it just shows you how, you know, maybe to someone else, something like that would be insignificant. Mm. But to me, it's quite a big deal. You know, I've overcome a lot of that fear, I think, especially with alternate scapes and <laughs> talking in public. I think uh, I've grown in that sense, but there is still healing that's happening there. And I think it's a, it's a forever ongoing journey that that's healing it. is always going to be taking place. Uh, I believe that that's part of the purpose why we're here. You and know? I also do believe as well that traumas are also ongoing. And again, minimal traumas that you don't really always understand. You know, I've only just recently almost hitting 40 being able to pinpoint why I am like I am. I'm not going to share that tonight because <laughs> I'm not brave enough to do that yet. But, you know, I know now why mm. I have the certain, you can call them ticks if you want to call them, mm. or, or certain personality traits. And it was so eye-opening. But I've also been able to go, I suffered a trauma two days ago. Mm. It might have been insignificant to anybody else, but it was big for me. Mm. So, so being able to recognize and understand how to heal yourself from the insignificant traumas mm. will eventually lead you back to, okay, here's the big one. Yeah. This is the one I need to deal with. Yeah. How am I going to deal yeah. with it? And uh, it's so important to do it yeah. because otherwise growth, if you're feeling stagnant, I feel like, you need to go back yeah. and, 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 and layer the onion, uh, and the layer, onion. And peel the onion. And, and that's exactly it as well as, as, you know, as I've been doing the work on myself and doing the journaling. So writing is one of the ways in which you can process that trauma. Uh, so doing the writing, doing the meditations, opening up to people who are close to me. I think it's important to choose people who you can trust with your emotions um which takes me back to exactly what you just said just now you know trust with your emotions and i think the more you release the trauma the less significant all the other trauma that happens in your you know if you want to call it the other trauma in your life but the challenges and the appeals and the, mm, mm. the fights with people or whatever mm. it may be uh the less that actually affects you mm. the less you become prone to actually feeding into that energy mm, mm. uh for me, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge part of evolving and becoming a better version of myself because I don't like who I was when I held on to that trauma. I was a completely different person. Um, you know, I went through the drug addiction. I went through the suicidal parts. It's, and the way that I treated people, the way that I treated family, the way that I treated partners. Look, everything has its part in play, to, part, in, part in the play, but... I don't like, fundamentally did not like who I was back then. And it's a very interesting thing that because what I've noticed is that a lot of people, uh, whether we call them victims or whether we call them whatever we call them, people love to hold on to that stuff and use it as an excuse. So, you know, I'm not succeeding because I had a traumatic experience or I'm not succeeding because something happened to me at this point. Mm. And we get a lot of that these days. Mm. You know, I'm not succeeding because COVID. I'm not succeeding because and and you've got to 
change the narrative. Yeah. And you've got to be the kind of person that doesn't turn around like I've just done very, you know, non-empathetically and gone, you're making excuses. <laughs> you need to turn around and say, okay, I get that. Yeah. But how can we change that narrative? Mm. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned earlier finding people that I, I'm not a talk. Oh, I'm not a talker. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But I don't like to tell people my problems, as I've mentioned. But finding someone who you can tell, and mm. this is where while secrets might make you sick, trusting someone with your secrets. And and recently I've had the same situation where someone said, please don't repeat what I've told you. And mm. I said, it's not mine to tell. Mm. The story, not the secret, mm. the story is not my story to tell. Yeah. So I will keep that story safe and I will help you work through it because it's not for me to tell. So so putting your, your ball in the right court is very, very important. Yeah. Um, I've got very interesting, very quickly, please. This question is burning a hole <laughs> in my it. screen. Dave on the WhatsApp line has sent through a very interesting question and I'd like to know how you're going to answer it. Uh, so so he agrees with us that helping people that have gone mm. through a trauma is a big thing. And that's why we have trauma counselors and all these sort of things. But what do you do when they don't want to be helped? Okay. And then he also had another statement that he made he, Which we'll substantiate afterwards. I kind of want to so, weave them into the same No, okay. No, I'm not going to let you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Somebody, and this is a, an ongoing question. People mm. ask this all the time. You are sitting with somebody, whether it is a mental health disease, whether it is a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction, a just being an asshole person mm. addiction. How do you help somebody that doesn't want to be helped? Well, I think the, the most important part of the road to recovery is helping yourself so if there is someone that keeps reaching out to you wanting help in their darkest moments i would personally be there for that person but at the same time i would also make a call and be like look i've done this much i can only do so much and the energy that i'm putting into you isn't coming back because ultimately that's what happens they drain our energy not it's, being it's, reciprocated yeah, not being reciprocated but i think for me the biggest thing is unconditionally loving someone yeah and no matter what their circumstances are no matter who they are no matter what they've done being able to in a moment that they need help to be there for them uh, even if they're not willing or can't help themselves they will soon realize through their own experience that they need to turn their own life around it's their responsibility um, sometimes tough love does play a role mm, as well mm. uh, i've had that experience before and it's been good for me because i had to learn how to stand on my own two feet i had to learn how to pull my own socks up and carry on with life you know so i think um yeah unconditional love and i'm gonna i'm gonna put something on the end of that because mm. the other question that i didn't let you answer is that <laughs> dave doesn't believe in unconditional love mm. and i get where he's coming from and i think that it's very hard to love somebody who is at their core unlovable and whether they are unlovable because of their traumas or whatever it is my my recommendation is going to be you help to the point that it doesn't become detrimental to you, mm. which is what you were saying about the energy. Mm. When there is only so much you can do for somebody and when you are throwing all of your energies into them and they are constantly blocking it, to me at that point, there mm. is a big red flag saying, you know what, I might love you to death. You might be everything to me, but I cannot help you. Yeah. So... Again, as you say, the tough love comes in and you've got to just walk away, guys. Yeah. And, and you know, I you have that conversation with them and you 100%. say, like, this is this is the reality of what's being experienced right now. This is the story that I'm telling myself and this is what I'm seeing happening. 
and this is what's going to happen now because you need to do this for yourself consequences are everything and no matter how traumatized somebody is consequences have got to play a part Mm. and and there is a level for me where a line is crossed Mm. and when someone starts to get dangerous starts to threaten your life starts to threaten your livelihood and are beyond that point of listening to reason sometimes you've got to put yourself first Mm. and and i've started learning through my own journey that it's not always I'm a giver and I'm, you know, as, mm. as, as Elder Velastri points out last week, I'm a healer. So I'm always throwing my energy into trying to heal somebody mm. else. Mm. But I've started to go, this is now becoming detrimental to me. Yeah. And I'm going to be of no use to anybody else yeah. if I'm destroyed. Yeah. And guys, as hard as it is, sometimes you have literally just got to go. You are a lost cause for me yeah. personally. Perhaps somebody else will have better luck with you and walk away yeah, yeah so so you and i might have slightly conflicting deciding yeah, some alignment yeah. there definitely i think on the topic of un- unconditional love so when you have not experienced unconditional love from someone else it's very hard to recognize what that feels like within yourself so it takes unconditional love from someone else to inspire unconditional love within yourself and that's why i believe it's so important that even though these people go through their struggles and we go through our struggles uh, and even if it is a lost cause if you want to call it that that there is still that unconditional love and compassion that is shown towards the person there's been um, like quite a few people who i've spoken to in the past where they felt neglected and rejected and they knew that they were a lost cause they just Mm. didn't have any idea how to get out of the out of their situation but i do believe that in that situation that person still has a spark of i know you guys are trying to help me and sometimes you get people that don't but Mm. now here's interesting trevor's just uh, reached out to us and uh, trevor the author of secrets make secrets make you sick secrets make you Mm. sick and trevor says on the question everyone has Mm. their own low point in life mine might have been that i didn't want to sell my possessions someone else uh someone else that might be living on the streets someone else might be stealing and ending up in jail so yes you have to reach out but also understand you can only help so much and allow that person to reach their low point mm. which is what we're basically saying yeah. is that i think in a desperate situation someone will want to help or someone won't and sometimes mm. and the reality is is that sometimes people are just mentally not capable of dealing with that we've recently in our own lives um a friend completely mentally unstable Mm. so there was no reasoning there was no understanding of we're trying to help you Mm. literal mental breakdown but it became dangerous the situation Mm. became dangerous and for me at that point you know what like i'm not going to put my life on the line to save you but you know what here's a couple of people that probably can Mm. and the story was escalated and and so it goes so i think guys just you've got to be so careful unconditional love is very important Mm. i agree with you i know that you are the lover and you are the the seeker of unconditional love for me there's always a condition and uh, the unconditional love has to start with you loving yourself yeah unconditionally yeah absolutely i think that is the journey is you know learning how to love yourself unconditionally and by loving yourself unconditionally you therefore love everyone else around you unconditionally or well, that's at least how i perceive it until such a point as they pull a knife on you <laughs> 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 which has happened i'm not gonna lie so you know the the way in in, in which i want to relate to it uh, and how i've started to relate to these traumas in my life is 
I've stopped identifying people based on their traumas uh, because I've stopped identifying with myself based on those traumas. Those traumas do not define who who I am. Uh, those labels and those identities that we ascribe to people and ourselves, it's, it's not the whole of who you are. As we said, it's a part. It's a part of who you are and it's a part of your experience. And through that experience, uh, you know, Alder Velastri will give me kudos here because we choose a life path that brings us to the awakening of our true self in the fastest amount of time possible in this lifetime. So we don't have much time. So those experiences, those challenges, those those defects are all there to help you grow and to learn. And that I think is where the problem comes in is when someone doesn't acknowledge the fact, okay, what is it that I need to learn in this instance? What is it that I need to learn about myself and about this world that I live in, mm. you know? And it's very difficult, and it goes back again to last week's show and the week before, where you have to identify those parts of you that aren't that nice. Um, you know, someone says to me, what are your downfalls or what are your, your personalities that are not potentially the best ones? And it's not nice to say, oh, well, I'm selfish or I'm this or I'm that. But you've got to recognize those things in order to grow. Mm. So so being self-aware, as Elder Velastri always tells us, being self-aware is one of the most important tri- uh, tips. One of the most, let me try that again without <laughs> tripping over my tongue. One of the most important steps to healing. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I've been finding is that awareness so in conversations with people Mm. uh, i have long conversations with myself now mature conversations with Mm. myself you know i'm not shitting on myself absolutely (laughs) i love talking to myself sometimes i need expert advice (laughs) so i love doing that so you start to actually take note of what what the feedback is that you're getting from people you start to take note of how you feeling you're more aware of your emotion and your your uh, sense of of reality and um, when, when we are faced with the truth of ourselves and we acknowledge our defects, there's a lot of work that has to go into the process of healing. Mm. Like it doesn't happen overnight. It takes, it takes time. I'm, I've been on this journey for two years. Maybe the healing process started slightly before the two years, but I've really been committed to the journey and the experience. And not giving up. And not giving up. But, and we also take responsibility for our actions. And we have to make amends with people who we've hurt or come across in our life. And we also need to adapt new habits. But we tend to focus on exactly that. We tend to focus on the, 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 the process, you know, the, the trauma more than the goodness of actually healing from the trauma. Yes. So more, we, we don't really focus on the fact that, hang on, we are creating new lives for ourselves. We're getting in touch with our true selves. We're forging new paths, meeting new people, forming new connections, uh, becoming more aware of or, or having a knowing of uh, purpose in life, mm. you know, becoming more aware of self. So I feel that now, especially now, I'm at the point where I'm celebrating that journey rather than being focused on the trauma. Because it, you can get stuck in an endless cycle. That's it. And it goes back to, and it's one of the most difficult things in the world to do, it goes back to the whole leave the past in the past. Mm. You know, no one's saying that what happened or whatever your trauma was was not important to you and is not necessarily a part of you, but it is not a defining part of you. Mm. You know, Terry in Cape Town has dropped us a message on the WhatsApp line and she says, sometimes it's all about the journey, which is what you've just mentioned. Mm. Souls evolve and no amount of intervention will help their journey. Yeah. So you've got to just accept 
what will be will be exactly but look forward mm. you know there's that great little saying that says stop looking backwards you're not going that way mm. and i live by that every single day because it comes back to the excuses and comes back to that i'm not progressing because this thing happened to me mm. you you've got to acknowledge it happened understand why it happened whether there was no reason for it and it was just absolutely unacceptable it happened yeah. here's your box yeah very quickly like a great <laughs> little thing i don't know if anyone's ever watched um i've brought it up before the shining and doctor sleep doctor mm. sleep was the, the the sequel to the shining and he has this this person that comes to him and talks to him and he takes the monsters and he puts them in boxes and he locks the boxes up and he goes when they're in those boxes they can't hurt you mm. and whilst i'm not a fan of dredging it down and hiding it away mm. once you've dealt with it put it in the box yeah. and leave it there it's still there it's still in your it's still in your body it's always going to be there move on yeah. and continue to move forward yeah you got to let go i think it's about letting go of the attachments that we hold towards those traumatic yes. experiences i yes. think that's the most important that's exactly it uh, so I've got terminolo terminology lined up for us. Fantastic. Uh, but I think let's head off with a track and then we'll play a little game. So I'm going to like inject some humor into this, talking about your fear of public speaking. That's yeah. not something I've ever battled with, just by the way. But uh, I thought you'd appreciate this track. It's called, a, it's by Mo of Monsters and Men. It's called <laughs> A Thousand Eyes. A Thousand Eyes Are Watching You. Ooh. Unto this dawn, unto this dawn, or unto this dawn, away. I can't control withering wonders, flowers that lose the shade.
views and opinions expressed on this show are as a result of personal experience. Take what resonates and always follow your intuition. You are listening to Alternatescapes, brought to you by Uncut Media. And that was A Thousand Eyes by Monsters and Men. Such a great song. Such a great song. Right, so we're going to play a little game. A little game, yes, Dale. No littling. No littling. (laughs) Of terminology, right? Yes. Okay, so I've got three words for you, maybe four, depending on how you do this time around. (laughs) I've been uh, rocking it, I think. You have. You've been doing very well. Yeah. And uh, then you're going to give me the, what you think is the definition of the word. So the first one is ableism. Oh, you see now, now you're throwing big words at me and I have no idea. So ableism, I would assume, is to be able to, to to enable yourself and or somebody else. Don't ask me to use it in a sentence because I don't know. <laughs> right, quite the opposite of that. So it's actually known as a disability discrimination. So it's the discrimination and social prejudice against people with disabilities and all people who have perceived ah, to be disabled. Okay. And so this, being ableist, basically. Exactly. Okay. There we go. Wow. And this is, it's actually a real issue. Uh, I've got a friend who, uh, she's in a wheelchair. Uh, she's actually a listener of the show. And she's experienced that on her journey. You know, just because she's disabled, now people assume that she can't work. Not able to. Absolutely. Yeah. Got okay. you. So the next word. Average Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Are we average Joeing in the in the typical sense of the average Joe? Yes. You see, I don't I don't believe that anybody is average. Yeah. I believe that you are only as average as you allow yourself to be. So um, the average Joe is somebody who is just very normal and very basic at their core. Yeah. But I don't believe that there is such a thing. Yeah, exactly. Although the word does get thrown out quite a lot. So of he's course just it an does. average Joe, you of know, course. don't mind him. Whereas he's not an average Joe. Every single person in this world is something special. Is Has unique. got at least something, for sure. Exactly. For sure. I didn't know this, but they also refer to average Joe as the ordinary Joe. Joe six-pack, I think. Does that mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> so not all of us can have a six-pack, okay? My six-pack lives in my fridge. <laughs> and Joe Snuffy, I don't know what that means, but anyway. And then this is a word that we have covered on the show before. Let's see if you remember. Let's see. Ikihai. We have never said that yes, word. We have. I would have remembered that. Bless you. Uh, That's what? pretty much how you pronounce it the last time. <laughs> we definitely have had it. No, I don't know. Okay, so that is a Japanese concept that means a reason for being. So the word refers to having directional purpose in life, which is ultimately for me one of the things that has helped me grow is searching for my ikihai or trying to understand what my ikihai is you know what is that thing that i wake up every morning to do uh which inspires me to keep going as well which is quite important that's very cool last word de-individuation de-individuation um I'm go- I want to say something along the lines of generalization. So taking away somebody's individuality, um, not not allowing people to be their unique and authentic self. Yeah. Am I on the right track? Very much so. It's, okay. It is a concept in social psychology that is generally thought of as the loss of self-awareness. So you de-individualize yourself. Yourself. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you become less aware of who you are. Which sure. I, yeah. Quite. Interesting stuff. Very interesting. 
So the effects that trauma has on our lives, and we've touched on it uh, in little bits and pieces here. And I, uh, again, shout out to Trevor for, for writing Secrets Make You Sick. And I think if you can read the book, definitely uh, have a little dig into it because he goes into quite detail there about the impact that his trauma had on his life. Yes. And ultimately what it resulted in was drug abuse, uh, you know, emotional and mental abuse, uh, and having those long-term effects play on his mental health. And, mm. and I've experienced as well where that trauma has played a role in my relationships, has played a role in my workplace, uh, has played a role in the relationship that I have with myself. Uh, you know, the back in the day when I got angry, just as an example, this is something that, that I've worked through, I would have these like fits, these anger outbursts. Yeah. No one would be around to see it. It would yes. just be me on my own. I thought I was going crazy. I actually, you know, in my mind, I considered I was mentally unstable. Mm. And mm. I would scratch myself. Mm. I would scratch my, my arms and my, my, my face. Mm. Uh, and it was actually at one of those moments where I realized something's not right here. I need to, I need to mm. start digging into to what's causing this. And it's the energy for me of the trauma that mm. carries through throughout our lives. So subconsciously, by holding on to that trauma, that energy is still festering under the surface and still has an effect on the rest of your life. Yeah, and it basically, like anything, it, it, it rots. And anything that is rotten at its core will continue to rot. And, you know, that I remember a few years back, I think it could only have been two years now, when um, 13 Reasons Why hit the screens mm. and the massive outcry about the show. Look, they completely lost the plot in the last two seasons. But that first season for me was a very interesting season to watch because they were tackling all of these problems. And... Um, you know, self-harm being one of them. And I think it's important to note here as well that self-harm isn't only, as you say, the scratching or the cutting or the whatever it is. It can also be self-harm mentally. Mm. And I think a lot of the time emotional abuse and, and manipulation and control is underplayed as, oh, not quite as serious mm. as physical abuse or sexual abuse. And it's very important, guys, to, you know, speak kindly to yourself. Yeah. You know, um, other people are not going to speak kindly to you unless you speak kindly to yourself. And you've got to love yourself first. So mm. when you find yourself in those moments where you have the rage, you see, I don't rage physically, but I mm. rage mentally. And I sit and I go, you're useless and you're not getting this right. And what is mm. wrong with you? And you're mm. such a waste of space and you've got no point in being here. And I've, I've attempted suicide three or four times in my life failed every time because I think there was a 30% like I want to do this and then mm. the 70% went no you really don't actually mm. Mm. Um, and, and it was because I had these negative thoughts in my head so you guys have got to remember that Im that emotional and, and, and that abuse can happen you can do it yourself yeah, as well yeah, as yeah. well and I think that's one of the effects that that uh, the after effects of trauma has because uh, without realizing it subconsciously that's what you're doing to yourself uh, that, that's where my confidence went because I that's kept it. talking to myself in a way that I, I felt that I was nothing. That's you it. Know? Um, and you are, you will attract again, going back to all of our previous shows. Mm -hmm. And this is why I love the show so much because there's such a golden thread that runs through it is that what you manifest in your own brain and in your own mind and in your own soul is what you will attract yeah. and this is something that I learned and you're just smiling <laughs> at me it's like I've made it I've made it I've converted it you know what Elder Velastri got through to me last week was 
I have been, because I'm so hard on myself, I attract the wrong kind of people into my life mm. and negative people into my life. Not always. I mean, I'm surrounded by an amazing group of very supportive people, but every now and then. And I spent this last week talking kindly to myself yeah. and people have noticed the change in me and I've mm. said, what, what's going on with you? Did you get it all this morning? You know, kind of like, <laughs> because I'm in a much better headspace myself yeah my traumas have been there i'm going i will deal with them mm. i will mm. and and this show is inspiring me to do that as well but for now i'm talking nicely to myself and yeah. it's helping i think also in dealing with your traumas you deal with it as you come face to face with them that's it the, you know, triggers. So, uh, the triggers the triggers an experience mm. will happen and you will have an aggressive outburst and then you'll be like hang on wait that's not right that's not who i am that's not who i want to be what caused it and I think that's that's part of that, that that healing process. And, you know, I think especially in South Africa, the LGBTQ community have, uh, there's I think there's deep-rooted trauma there that have been carried on for centuries. 100%. Uh, and mm. I'm so grateful for the guys who, you know, they did the services in the, the service in the army and the guys that protested and stood up for gay rights and, and all the rest of it. Uh, but the reality is, is that South Africa, that South Africa as a society, there is still a large portion of us that are closed off towards LGBTQI community. But it's everywhere. And that for me is another pandemic. I yeah. mean, we're living in 2021. Why is this still a thing? Yeah. Why are we even still discussing this? Why are people still afraid to come out? Yeah. You know, it's it's it, it, it flabbergasts me and it actually disgusts me mm. that there is such a closed-minded attitude to this in the era that we're in. Yeah, you know, I mean, get on with it. Yeah. Like, you 100%. know, this is a thing. Yeah. yeah. But people are so consumed by their own values and their own beliefs and whatever it is that their their drivers you know in life that they don't take the the opportunity to just like look further than what they've been exposed to uh and to understand life in general and to understand people and again that's where the unconditional love comes in you know like how mm. can you look at someone else and judge them based on the fact that they love a same-sex partner anyway but yeah, it's, it's looking past that and, and, and coming to the conclusion that you are not defined again yeah. by your circumstances, by your, your sexual preferences, by your define, you should be defined and even actually no, no one has the right to define you except you. Yeah. And what you should be defining you for yourself is your soul. Mm -hmm. Who are you again going back? I love doing this because the golden thread is real. You at your core. Who are you at your core? Yeah. That is what defines you. And only you can decide that. Yeah. So you need to be, and it's a very difficult thing to do is just to go, I don't care what you label me. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. It's hard. Yeah. It's very hard. I, I think also stripping yourself from those labels because once you start, uh, you know, when you stop identifying your, yourself with those labels, then you don't give other people reason to identify you as those labels as well. That's it. Um, but when we get back after this, we're going to, have a little chat about the impact that mental health disorders has on society and uh, specifically in the LGBTQ community, which gets me very excited about the interview that we had with Noah. Yeah, very exciting. That's coming up later in the show as absolutely. well. Absolutely. And uh, that film definitely has an incredible purpose to play in mm. South African society. And I'm going to be interested to see the, the, the rollout from that that, that movie. Yeah. Uh, we chat to the cast and crew from No Hiding here later in the show. But first, Save Me featuring Eldon Jacob from the is it the parakeet? Yeah. The parakeet. Oh, that's a cute name. Mm 
to land. After years of joy, life was a fairy tale that you've destroyed. I feel the ground, hard to walk again. You told me how to fly, you dropped my hand. You saved me, saved me. And that was Save Me by the Parakit. So cute. Did you hear it at the beginning? Uh-huh. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> Love it. explains the name. <laughs> so just coming in on the WhatsApp line, we've got Trevor who's listening in on the show. And he said that, you know, the the lgbtq community especially suffers in the rural areas they are targeted and even murdered for either being found to be gay or lesbian Mm. or even hiv Mm. and hiv is something that trevor has had to deal with in in his life as well Mm. and he says that he has a friend whose partner was targeted and killed uh, by a taxi um it's just such backward thinking and it's you know and I say that's why it frustrates me so much you know we're we're in 2021 guys like let mm, it go let yeah. people be people but i think i don't think we will ever no matter how hard we try ever change the entire way of thinking yeah. it's why we still have cults and and religious uh, you know zealots and all these kind of things but you can start in yeah. your own life exactly. by you know letting it go exactly and i think it you know it also comes down to that energy so we can make a change 
when a mass of people decide okay this is and this is what we do with our prides and all the rest of it but um when you decide to care out i'm going to change that energy within myself and everyone who i encounter that's who that's how i'm going to you know stand up for the gay rights or the gay community but what what bugs me is the the energy that festers as a result of the mass trauma traumatization yeah. of the lgbtq community in south africa because as a gay person and in your childhood that already is you know this in a conflict that occurs within yourself it's something yeah. that i had to deal with and caused a lot of trauma in my life i was kicked out of home yeah and uh, had nowhere to go and felt lost and rejected and unloved and all the rest of it so already there there's a lot of trauma that that takes place so uh i got to chat to the peeps um from the no hiding here movie and what i really liked about the movie is that they shine a light on everyday day-to-day -day lives yes so rather than shining light on the uh, shining light on the traumas and highlighting the traumas uh they actually like they focus on the positive aspects you know they focus on the day-to-day -day challenges that an everyday an every day-to-day -day gay <laughs> would experience yeah absolutely um, and it's a big step forward for the country as well i don't think there's ever been anything done along the similar lines to this uh, before yeah we've we've had Morphe which uh, I think yeah. last year as yeah. well um, but this is a different take on it so the yes. film was produced by Nachflucht Films and I got to chat to Gabe who was the writer and the director of the film uh, I think he wrote it with a group of people and then all Gregory who plays Sam in the film and Armand Jubal who we've also actually had on this on the show as one well. of my favorite humans the soundtrack to the film so here's what went down hello oh. hi Tyrone hi Armand hi Gabe <laughs> cool so thank you guys for joining i really appreciate it thank you Armand, for setting all of this up i'm very excited to be chatting about no hiding here and the role that the film's playing and is going to be playing in south african culture and society gabe one of the things that i admire about the film is that rather than focusing on you know the trauma that's been experienced within the gay community you're shining light on it in a different way and i think that's very much part of changing the language changing the narrative of how we relate to our trauma you know and um uh, we talk about mental health uh one of the questions that i that i wanted to ask is um while working on the film was there any personal experience that you had to draw on in order to you know, bring the film to life. Right. Well, in the in the writing process, we had a like an eight week writing process before we went into production. And I I was joined by Nico Skippers and Kelly Eve Quipman for just one just like throw ideas around. We knew that we had this um Showmax brief that was like, it's gay, it's small town, it must be two male leads, cis male leads, and it, and that was it. The rest is like go go ahead and figure out a story. Yeah. So the three of us sort of got together and just threw stories out and we we loved the sort of model of um Notting Hill as because we had to stick to like classic rom com genre. Yeah. And Notting Hill was about this celebrity and this everyman or community guy who fall in love. And okay, well what would that look like? And we all had really fond memories of our drama teachers. Um, as three queers who were like seriously influenced by our drama teachers in high school. Yeah. Um, so we thought, okay, well, we know we want our lead to be this like lovable, amazing drama teacher who's so connected to the kids as like a mental figure, but also a friend. And 
And then we knew that we, there needed to be a problem to set something off for these two to get sort of joined into each other's worlds. Yeah. And I um, did once accidentally open my laptop right at the beginning of a 16-hour flight. Um, <laughs> and, and what happened to Caleb happened to me. <laughs> so that is a very personal experience for me. Um, and I my la- opened my laptop and these tabs just were flying and there was sound and it, the two people next to me, I was in the window seat and the two people next to me like just saw everything on my screen and it was horrifying. And I wish I could have, I wish at that moment I could have gone and hidden in Sam's house for a weekend. <laughs> it's kind of how the, where it came out of in terms of like the actual story beats that are personal. Yeah. But then on a more sort of broad level, I think what I really wanted in writing it and also in filming it was to show that, as you said, not all of our stories have to do with our, our trauma of our queerness, um, but that our queerness also doesn't have to be ignored. So I wanted there to be conversation around queerness and all the various different angles you can come at it from, um, but that it should also, there should be, first of all, multiple queers in the story, not just the two leads, mm. which is why we had the Seatless storyline, even Molly as well, talking about being polyamorous. And there, there are so many different versions of queerness in the story. Yeah. And I guess I wanted each of us to bring our own personal queerness so that we dilute the singular narrative that is just like queerness looks like this and this only. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think over time yeah. we've, be- we've become so stereotyped by the public that mm. they tend to forget that there's actually real people with real stories yeah. and experiences behind the stereotype that they've created. We're so different to each other as well. That's, yeah. that's yeah. a big thing I wanted people to see that we're not all just the same exactly. person. What is the, yeah. what is the main purpose that you foresee this film playing amongst especially the south african gay youth um well i think when i think about i've had two sort of coming out experiences with my parents one as did when i came out as gay and then the next as a sort of 20 something when i came out as transgender and in both situations their reaction i think was was not as good as it could have been because they were both scared of what that meant for me. They were both immediately scared that now I'm going to be targeted and I'm going to live a horrible life and everyone's going to hate me. And I think that that's because, as you mentioned before, so much of the media that we take in about queerness is about the difficulty and the hardship of queerness specifically. Um, And I think the point in making something like this that is just this lighthearted, sort of big-hearted, gay rom-com is to show people that we can also have perfectly regular, sometimes boring, sometimes exciting lives. And we can get fired and fall in love and break a toe and like all the regular stuff that happens to people can also happen to us. And obviously it's a movie, so it has to have some sort of big moment and there's the grand gesture and it's taken a little bit into this magical space. Like this this is just like a regular sweet love story that can happen to anyone. And it's specific to queerness because it's a queer story, but it's also totally universal because we aren't just our pain. You know, I feel like society's shifting from, you know, fighting for inclusivity to rather standing mm. for acceptance, you know, so mm. rather than, yeah. than fighting to be included, mm. you're still acknowledging mm. the exclusivity that exists. Yeah. But when you stand for being exactly. accepted, you accept everyone for mm. who they are and for what they've gone exactly. through. And I think that's that's a beautiful part of the film as well. Yeah, and something I really wanted to get across as well is that it's not 
um, it it also goes beyond acceptance and into celebration. And that if each uh, person is actually celebrated, they all thrive much. Yeah. We go much further when we're celebrated than when it's like we're tolerated. Me, even though Sichle kind of is going through that. Oh, my parents aren't going to accept me. I wanted Sam and Caleb to really be the examples of like, never mind, accept. You should be celebrated. Yeah, and that's yeah. hopefully comes across. <laughs> And Earl, you playing uh, Sam, I mean, it's a completely different role to being on stage, you know, in a pair of heels with your wig and belting it out. Um, and you pull it off really well. In terms of preparing for the role, what what was your process like? What did you have to dig into to, you know, relate your character? You know, Gabe did such a fantastic job at crafting the story. Like the whole writing team really did. And in preparation for the role, I, I actually learned when I was learning the, the script, I did most of it in my apartment, you know, and a lot of the piece happens in, in Sam's apartment. And it was it was such a brilliant exercise for me to kind of be in the similar setting to what I would be shooting it in. So even though I didn't have someone to like to play across and like as I was working through the dialogue, I really connected to some of the things and it was the strangest thing. It, it felt almost like Sam was embodying me within my apartment. And I'm in various scenes as well. Like I would imagine, you know, that's that's what we do in our jobs. It's like you you live this life in imagined circumstances. Mm -hmm. You know, so my scenes with um, Principal Pauling as well, like I would some open my, my front door and envision her there having this heartfelt moment with me. And I would think like, wow, you know, she's this person that she's actually really cool and she's quite open. So like that was really, really magical for me. I think the hardest thing, and I had this conversation with Gabe, um, was making that transition from from stage over to film. And I had quite a lengthy discussion with Gabe. I was like, I don't know all the technical elements of filmmaking. And like, I'm freaking out. And like, I'm working with the best, you know, the best in the business. And Gabe said to me, all I require of you is to just focus on telling the story. And you just live in and be present. And that's what I did. And I, I really hope that it translates translates in, in, in the movie. And I, I think it does because like the support that we've kind of garnered from the queer community has been so overwhelming. And mm. I think like the day before it premiered as well, I was really nervous and I spoke to David mm. about, you know, my anxiety around it because it's quite a big thing for South African mm. TV. Yes, there have been queer narratives that have been told, but it's exactly like you have said, you know, the, you know, someone's either dying of AIDS mm. or it's, you know, a really camp and like, Yes, this movie is a little bit of that, but it's so rooted in reality. And I think like a lot of our narratives as queer people, we have stories like that. People yeah. don't see that about us, but our lives are infused with all of the drama. Mm. It's so possible for, you know, the gay boy around the corner to fall in love with someone famous and it being a scandal, you know, we've all had those kind of experiences. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty special. But I also realized, and I spoke to Gabe over the weekend, the importance of like our stories being told still to this day, as much as queer culture is in the the, the mainstream now. Um, I just did an interview on Yakaranda FM and there was this caller that called in and he was so, so rude and so homophobic and like the things that he was saying online. You know, like I almost felt in that moment when it was happening because I wasn't in the studio when the caller called in and I just felt like, you know, just going back to what you were saying about experiencing trauma and like the, the mental strain that we walk around with as, as, as queer people. Um, and in that moment, I felt myself feeling anxious and I thought, okay, there is a way to deal with this. 
and I'll deal with it once I get back into the studio. But it's exactly for people like that. And I, I must say that, like, I haven't had any hate mail or people sliding into my DMs with really horrific things. It's really been positive mostly. And I mean, people from New Zealand have reached out. I've got a wow. whole group in Germany that are going to watch it oh together. And Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, you touched on an element there of being, you know, having the courage to be vulnerable because through that vulnerability, you inspire others to open their hearts and to speak their truths and to stand for what they believe in, uh, which I think a lot of people uh, at the moment, they're muted in that because they fear. They fear being judged. They fear being disregarded by society. So in that being vulnerable, did you find yourself at any moments in the film where you had to actually reach in and get over that fear of being vulnerable? Do you know what? I am, not that I've experienced a lot of trauma in my life, but like there have been significant moments in my life that have made me, you know, have to be vulnerable. And I've always dealt with the resilience. And I think a lot of queer people have to do that on a daily basis, just living life, you know, and with, with largely with my theater career as well, like I haven't been afraid of accessing or tapping into vulnerability because I think it makes for such powerful storytelling and it, it really, it makes it interesting. It makes people kind of see a little bit of themselves in, into it. So, I mean, I was, I felt vulnerable every day, just kind of doing this because Gabe also said to me, just trust me on this. I like, I feel like we are doing something very important and it's going to pay off and it's going to be worth, worthwhile. Mm. And like, I feel that now as well. And it's all because we all put ourselves in those vulnerable spaces. I think as, you know, as a creative and a creative within the community, when you take on a project like this and it comes from the heart space, only good can come from it. So kudos to you guys. I think it's absolutely beautiful. And are there any more films in the pipeline? Is there anything more that you guys are going to be working on? Definitely. I mean, I, I, there have been a couple of people who have tweeted that. Us, and I can't wait for episode two. And I was like, uh-oh, some people thought it was scary. <laughs> um, but there isn't, a, there isn't specifically a, like a sequel to No Hiding Here itself. But I had such an incredible experience with, particularly with this, this cast and this crew. And I, I, I will say that I think part of the reason for that is that it was so queer. I mean, crewing up and casting up, we were just like preference to queers all over because quite often you don't get a job because you're queer. So we were like, all right, well, let's flip that script. Yeah. And we tried to crew it up and cast it up with as many queers as possible. You, you were sort of few if you weren't queer on, on yeah. set. Yeah. And, um, and then I think because of that, it was such a beautiful, safe space and everyone was able to give their best work because they weren't spending half of their energy just trying to like hide that they were queer or that there, there was sort of any sort of animosity about it. So, so I really enjoyed working with everyone. And as such, I immediately start going like, okay, well, all these other, I have a lot of other, being a writer, I have a lot of projects that are somewhere in development in different stages of development some of them have some funding some of them have none some of them are attached to some production companies um but for all of them i immediately started going okay where can i put earl next okay where can i put Abmant next you know <laughs> you start placing everyone in all your other projects because you love working with them and yeah. we all want to work with the people whom we enjoy working with. there's a lot um in the pipeline and a lot of the i'm very proud to say that every single one of the projects that i'm working on at the moment is queer um, one, the one that is the least queer is still pretty queer. So I'm happy about that. And I'm hoping that we can, we can bring everyone back together or at least in groups on the different projects as yeah. much as possible. 
And I mean, what better talent to have than Armand do the soundtrack for the film? He told me about the news like months before the film launched, but he wouldn't tell me, he wouldn't give me any sneak peeks. And he usually gives me sneak peeks to his music. He wouldn't give me any sneak peeks or tell me what it's for. And when I heard the soundtrack, Armand, I was absolutely blown away. I have to say that I think it is one of your best pieces. And I know that one of the biggest challenges for you was actually work taking the film, taking the film script and translating that into music. First of all, thank you so much for the sweet words. I really appreciate it. For me, it was so, it was so awesome working on this project, but as a queer person in the industry, you're always a bit nervous when you go on sets or when you work with people because you always, that defending mechanism is already there of protecting yourself, not showing too much of yourself. But the moment I met um, Gabe, it was just already like I knew I could just be myself and I could just be, you know, just be me and bring um, my artistry to the project, which was great. But there was an element of a challenge because now, Normally when I write a song, you know, songs come to me like this. Uh, and then I know what I want to say because it's my story. But now, one else's story and this is specific for certain projects. So I really had to be disciplined and work through the script and make, make sure the sound is right. So I was extremely nervous working on this song because it's my first time doing a film. But Gay was just so amazing and really gave me such great direction. So I honestly feel like if it wasn't for Gay, it wouldn't have been. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> the two of you both speak so much like that, but what was so amazing about working with each of you and so many of you on this on this film was that it was so it was so all of you doing your best work and me just going like, okay, great, that's great. Yep, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was I just so, was such a brilliant collaborative experience. Yeah, but I think that's what happens when you're being you've been given a platform where you can just be yourself. Because when you just when you can just be yourself, because many times there has been said to me, you know, tone it down, sing a bit lower, you're singing too high, you sing like a girl, or this or this or that, when now all of that is being embraced. So I felt, I just felt yeah. that my element was beautiful. So you were, you were given the creative freedom and also placed out of your comfort zone, which I mean, that to me just signals growth and development. Uh, on the, on mm. that note, how did you guys all meet? Like, how did this all come together? Ah, well, there's so the production company that we work with is called Nachflucht Films, which is a merger between Amy Jafta and Ifram Gordon's um, company here in Cape Town called Paperjet and Zandri Kutzer's company called No Finant in Joburg. And they've sort of merged for this slate of film that, that is for Showmax. Um, and so they've got a few other releases happening at the moment that are part of the same slate. And they... I think they basically got given a sort of brief by Showmax that uh, for what each one should be. And Showmax said, we want a gay rom-com. I don't know who at Showmax is shining over us, but someone said that. And I can't believe that they did. Um, um, so it was a very quick turnaround. Um, and then she sort of sprung the directing job on me as well. On the casting side of things, you know, reaching out to agents for the specific actors that we were looking for. And then on the crewing side, Nachflef, Zandri and her team were basically crew agencies and all the people that they knew and asking everyone for recommendations of queer crew people. Um, and that was every, everyone from our camera department to our wardrobe to Armand, like everyone. I was like, there's no way we can, it doesn't matter how good a musician is. We can't have a straight person write this song. It, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. right? So for everyone, we just had, had to make sure that they were queer. Obviously there's merit involved in you choosing people who are really talented as well. Yeah. 
but I think I think the argument that like you're choosing someone just off um, a sort of identifier of them means that they're not going to be good. No, we're here and we're good. You just yeah. have to find us by saying we're actively looking for exactly. queer creators. <laughs> I keep joking. I keep joking, but I'm kind of manifesting that it pays to be gay, because for yeah. so many years we have been. Uh, excluded from things or or fired or whatever for being queer. Now I'm like, no, now I will use my queerness. I'll be like, yeah. oh, you need, I'm <laughs> queer. I yeah. am queer. I can do the job, but also I'm queer. Did you catch that? Yeah, you guys have done a fantastic job. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate the chat. You guys are awesome. Awesome. Thanks. And thanks for putting it together, Arman. Oh, thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> Cheers. Okay. Thanks, guys. Love <laughs> you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. small town one day didn't think i'd be outed by a fellow gay our romance was left open-ended all because something forgot offended rugby talks unlocked the world for more than you and me they even up your friend whose age is only 33 they wanna call us the village bicycle hating on our looks because we're so desirable Loving on 
Interact with our DJs on uncutmedia.co.ca. Such a massive fan of local music here at Uncut Media. Yo, what a track. I know. What a track. Um, Aman Jabeir doing what he just does best. No hiding here off the soundtrack from the movie of the same name. You heard heard there from the cast and crew. I'm stoked to see this. Absolutely. And you guys can go onto Showmax and you can watch the movie on Showmax. And then you can also stream Aman's music on Apple, iTunes and Spotify as well and guys go do it like yeah. legit i mean we all know that dale dale loves to uh cheerlead the the local talent but this this man is just so talented it's ridiculous i think that's what i'm gonna do tonight i'm gonna go watch the movie <laughs> so uh yeah. re- really good job no hiding here local yeah. lgbtq INC plus all the labels all the labels that we continuously define ourselves by ridiculous I don't like labels and speaking of that a very interesting message coming through on the whatsapp line from Gene Gene's all the way out in Bella Bella and uh, he says he's finally found himself again at this point in his life he doesn't care about what other people think most of the time or perceive of him he has relapses but he reminds himself that he doesn't owe anyone an explanation Mm, I love that doesn't owe anyone an explanation he is who he is and his past might have helped to shape him and however going back to what we've said it doesn't define him learning not to care about how others have labeled me helps me get in touch with my creativity again he's the most incredible artist Mm. I'm now on a journey to discover the rest of who I am yeah and I think there's something so magical in that as well because I'm also finding that the more you become in tune with who you really are at your core, creativity flows. You become more open to your own creative, your internal, your natural gifts, your creative powers. And, you know, the world that we live in is a beautiful and a diverse place. That's what makes this world so magical. But yet, and as we've discussed, populations are still separated in differences and values and beliefs and all the rest of it. And I think the fundamental thing for me has been understanding that I cannot control, and I think Terry tapped on, uh, 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 what do you call it, <laughs> touched on this just now. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot control what other people do to me. I can't control what other people think of me. I can't control what other people 
believe in me. All I can control is how I respond to that. 100%. And I think that's where we take our power back because in the end, how you respond determines the person you are. So in the past, we responded purely to how we were treated or the traumas that had been caused, but that doesn't define who we are today. So uh, it's about being more aware uh, about the opportunity that we have in our responses to our realities and to take a step back and just to take a breather and align with who you really are. Mm -hmm. You know, when one of those triggers are switched or flipped, just take a moment as you do, as you've been doing, Dale. Yes. And take a deep breath. And flip it straight back down again. Yeah. You know, you, you as you say, you can choose how you react and uh, taking a deep breath and stepping back and going, if I don't, re and most of the time, not having a reaction is the best reaction of all. Yeah. Because things then tend to not spiral out of control. Exactly. Exactly. I do sometimes find myself lying in bed after a long day. And if there's been a couple of experiences that I've had that have, you know, like really challenged me, then I will do almost like mental filing. So you kind of rerun those experiences in your mind. And I think it's okay to do that. I think it's where it becomes detrimental is when you're continuously doing it. You're not finding the answer. You're not, you're not getting to the crux of what caused, you know, the emotion of the outburst. I love that statement, mental filing. I think that's great is to mentally file away what is no longer serving you. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So self-care and self-love is a huge part of helping to release our attachment to the traumas that we go through. So what you can do is speak to someone, someone who you trust, uh, and love yourself, affirm to yourself that you are, you know, you are more than just who you think you are. And the labels. And the labels. Mm. Detach yourself from the labels, yeah. And... Um, I think that when you start getting more in touch with yourself, when you start getting more in touch with that essence of yourself, you start to view the world differently as well. And I think this comes back to Dave's comment as well, is uh, when you become more aware of how the world works and how people behave and what causes behaviors, then you start to understand where the help is really needed mm. um, and within, you know, broader society and yourself as well so i think sharing with yourself and allowing yourself to be open to others especially when you come face to face with your own fears is extremely important and then i do feel that it's everyone else's responsibility to listen without judgment for sure for yeah, sure that is a very big part of it so we're going to play a little game of fact or fiction okay great stuff my favorite part <laughs> okay so and we've touched on a couple of these topics throughout the show tonight but People with mental health issues cannot work. No, well, that's obviously a load of nonsense, straight up. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. Yeah. You know, we discussed at the very beginning of the show, you know, I believe truly I've come to terms with the fact that I have mental health issues. They might not be as serious as a lot of people's, but they definitely are mental health issues. Yeah. And I'm perfectly functional. Yeah. So this it's, it's quite an old myth that is still around. People still do have this kind of perception of mental health issues. And uh, they believe that people who have mental health issues can't hold down a job or a relationship, for instance. And it is absolutely false. And it also doesn't mean that if someone can't hold down a job that they have mental issues either you know mm. it goes both ways for sure sometimes the job is just not meant for you <laughs> okay so second one past trauma may haunt your future self of course it does 
That's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, you know, but as say it's but as we've discussed the whole way through the show, it's how you choose to deal with it that will end up making or breaking you. Absolutely. And uh, subconsciously that trauma has an effect on the way that you behave. So you may not even realize it. And that's why it's important to take note of those triggers, mm. I think. And when we're confronted with an experience that triggers you, make the decision based on who you want to be. Mm. Yeah. And then the final one, addiction is a lack of willpower. You, you see, I have, I have conflicting feelings on this. Uh, willpower has always been something that I believe I have a lot of in certain aspects of my life. So tell me I can't have the chocolate bar. You and me are going to have problems. Uh, tell me that I have got no choice but to move forward and I will do it. Um, so I don't believe that la addiction is a lack of willpower. I believe that it has willpower has nothing to do with it. Mm. Well, it does. It does have something to do with it. It has to do with the fact that I think if you again going back earlier to what we discussed in the show if you want to come right enough it requires a certain mm. amount of willpower to do it but i don't believe that a lack thereof causes addiction yeah self willpower yeah, yeah absolutely well you know addiction is addiction is a addiction is addiction it's 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 something that you know you you start off not because you don't have willpower but because you make a choice mm. there's a difference between having willpower and making a choice it was it was a part of my journey that i struggled with quite a lot was the willpower aspect because i once i understood that we all have the power to make different choices for ourselves you have to have the willpower to make those choices yes and i found myself in a position where i was unable to exercise that willpower and i came down hard on myself and it was only when i detached myself from that expectation that i placed on myself that i eventually made it through that stage and again with me i'm all about again we go back to the onions i'm all about mm -hmm. levels and and i think there are varying levels of willpower and i find that what has worked for me in the past is i go okay so your willpower to do everything all at once is not available. However, you do have the willpower and you do have the capability to do a smaller part of it. So yeah. take the baby steps. Yeah. You know, you can't go wake up tomorrow morning and go, today I'm going to decide not to be triggered by my past trauma. Mm. You need to take the baby steps. And yeah. it's so important to keep reiterating that because I feel like a lot of people that listen to the show or a lot of people that just talk in general expect there to be... Um, you know, expect there to be automatic results. Mm. Today I woke up and I'm, I'm happy, so today's going to be a happy day. Mm. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work, work like that. that. You know, Trevor on the WhatsApp line says, addiction is a disease. It's mm. a disease. It's classified by a disease by the HWO. It, 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 that is what it is. Mm. And, and I think a lot of people look at it as, oh, well, you made the choice to go there. Well, now you're on your own. Whereas yeah. as a, it's actually a disease. Yeah. It needs to be treated as such. Exactly. And diseases are caused by disease within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And part to play in that is the trauma. And the mental, mental, we forget that the mental part is not, our physical being includes the mental, <laughs> mentality. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, we made up of all different kind of mental energies as well. So... Abuse, whether physical, emotional, verbal, sexual, can have long-term effects on one, whether that's self-abuse as well. Mm -hmm. And that trauma can affect how you feel about yourself and how mm -hmm. you feel about others. It can affect your perception of this world. It can affect the reality that you create for yourself through the energy that you know is drawn from that trauma. So I do think and I hope that this show inspires people to open up about those 
issues or those those hardships those pains the heartache and pain like open up to, uh, to friends and family um journal to yourself like write down about the write the experiences down and, and start processing that start working towards being a better version of yourself start holding that better version of yourself in your mind uh that was a key part of my experience was actually visualizing the person i wanted to be because now i knew the person that i didn't want to be Mm-hmm. And I wanted to focus on who I wanted to be, and I'm still growing into that person. As we say, it's not a it's a never it's ending a thing, fix. though. But it's also never ending. I think mm. you know anyone that claims to be 100 percent comfortable and happy and content is lying, mm. because you might be happy and comfortable and content a majority, but there's always that little thing that needs to be continued. We've spoken about this continuously worked on. Mm. And if I can just put my two cents in there, guys, remember trauma doesn't only come in the form of abuse. If it is important to you and it's upsetting you and it gives you an uneasy feeling or a feeling of discomfort, it is a trauma that needs to be discussed and needs to be apply the same thing you know trauma is different for everybody and it's not for you to discount somebody else's and it's not for somebody else to discount yours yeah absolutely so thank you thank you to everyone who has tuned in to the show this evening and thank you to our guests gabe earl armand trevor you guys were absolutely beautiful thank you for your messages we really appreciate that. And uh, for those of you who have missed any of our previous episodes, they are up on the site. So go, go on over onto uncutmedia.co.za and tune into some of, we've got some cool topics there about magical medicine. Go energy right back healing, to the beginning, guys. You know, next week we're going to lighten things up a little yeah, bit, which I'm excited fun. about. Have some but, fun. Uh, keep an eye out on the Alternatescapes and Uncut Media Instagram pages for next week's topic. You can follow Uncut Media at Uncut Media ZA on Instagram and Facebook and Alternatescapes at Alternate underscore scapes. I got that right this time. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, and then tomorrow night we've got Truth in Dance, which is going to air at, is it 6 p.m. tomorrow night? Listen, Truth and Dance does what Truth and Dance feels like they (laughs) want to do. So guys, just keep an eye on social media as well as on the website and you will find out when you can squeak some tacky with uh, Paul Angel and Truth and Dance tomorrow evening. And uh, don't forget as well, if you are in the Johannesburg area, we'd love to see you on Sunday. Come and join us at Rusty Hook for some alternative vibes. Income shop, income rock. We're going to be doing stuff on Thursday. We're going to play out of the song. And Alder Velastri. And Alder Velastri. Yes. Alder Velastri, you guys can also do direct bookings with him. He does incredible readings. He was live on the show last week and he did some listener readings and there were some phenomenal experiences Mm. that happened from that. He's amazing. So you can head on over to his site at dumelauniverse.com or at dumelauniverse on Instagram and you can book him directly. So uh, you are awesome as per usual. Thank you for inspiring me for another week. Another therapy uh, session done and dusted. Done and dusted. Thanks so much to everybody who... uh, interacted with us on the whatsapp line we love you guys we do this for you and trevor yes. says thank you for reaching out and making a difference trevor thank you for i'm looking for writing the book i'm looking forward to reading it we're going to play out with some tunes because i feel like i'm in the mood for tunes elder velastri ending the show we'll see you back same time same place next week tuesday for more alternate scapes i'm dale robin and this is and i am tyronel now go out there and, and rock, rock life, life. Now, I'm gonna stay here now. Close the curtains, cut the light.
lights march the darkness in my mind it's gonna take me down it's gonna take me down all the roads i've been before same mistakes always got me shaken and all the signs i once ignored in my denial i didn't want to Listeners, it's time for Spirit News of Philastri. Let's see what's on the cards this week. Okay, so we see at the center, at the heart of everything, it's the Nine of Coins. And this is you tapping into your independence, tapping into your truth, investing in you, really feeling empowered for you have understood that you are worthy and you understood that all of your gifts, all of your talents, all of your experience is worthy of being. This is allowing within a healing with the Three of Swords, a healing. You're forgiving yourself for the path you chose, understanding that this path was the only one to bring into the awareness of you. You're also letting go of everybody who's played any part in your life, understanding they have never been responsible for your well-being in the first place. So you are letting go of any resentment, any blame, anything. You simply are starting afresh in your new independent reality where you understand that you are the creator of your reality and you're releasing everybody from any um, 
any well any 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 um validity you do not need anybody to validate your experience at all and you're allowing your soul to now be in this clarity in the physical world this is allowing you to have a clearer mind you're no longer having anxiety you're no longer um second guessing yourself you're no longer betraying yourself with self-sabotaging thoughts you're no longer allowing a cluttered mind you are grounding your energies now and the basis we see the ace of swords so a lot of air a lot of mind energy and the ace of swords meaning you're finally getting revelations understanding ideas most importantly i feel a healing you're finally understanding why things happened the way they did why situations happened the way they did why people and experiences had to shift out of your life why you went through all the experiences last year and this year in order for you to come to that beautiful nine of coins independence where you are simply in the truth of you creating from the truth of you the outcome being the ten of coins be Beautiful. This is you finally creating on your path, creating on your prosperity. This is long-term prosperity, beautiful relationships, beautiful connections, beautiful wealth, beautiful love. This is you completely creating within your truth, your mountain, your path, your legacy. This is you finally allowing your existence to be and you are now allowing yourself to build within the truth of you. At the bottom of the deck, we see the seven of swords. So yes, you're no longer betraying yourself. You're no longer allowing other people people and toxic energies to deny yourself your existence so we have the three of swords five of swords ace of swords and seven of swords so a lot of mental headspace here so release the busy mind release the cluttered mind ground your energies because of the nine of coins and the ten of coins you are in your independence and you're paving the way building the way building your prosperity within your truth within your love have a magical week be inspired to learn, grow, evolve, and rock life with Tynell and Dale Robin. This is Alternate Scapes, brought to you by Uncut Media.